Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Five Rounds Podcast. The only podcast out there with the cardio for those deep water championship rounds. I'm Mags, and with me today as always, my son Carlos. Carlos, how are you? Not too bad, how are you? Yeah, I'm surprised you're still awake at this time. You uh, you haven't took the obligatory <laughs> 3 a.m. nap. Uh, but yeah, we've just got through watching uh, UFC on ESPN 19, Hermanson versus Vittoria. Uh, a card that was ravaged very late in the day with three fights being called off due to. Uh, Covid and other illnesses, so we only end up with three fights on the uh, on the prelims. Started with uh, Gian Valente getting uh, beat by Jake Collier in the heavyweight by decision. Then Ilya Tapuria getting the first round knockout of Damon Jackson in the featherweight, and then the feature prelim Louis Smoker getting the second round knockout of Jose Alberto Quinones in the bantamweight. Uh, going into the main card and we start with a contender series winner uh, contract winner Jordan Levitt making his, his official UFC debut against a uh, veteran Matt Wyman and uh, the guy wanted to make a statement and make a statement he did um, there was one punch thrown in this whole fight and that was by Wyman and it missed um, basically <laughs> a Levitt uh, was able to 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 uh, 
keep hold of, of Wham and when Wham like jumped upon him to, to grab his neck and, and try and pull guard and just manoeuvre his arms into a position to keep Wyman's head uh, in uh, in the, the ideal spot. So when uh, Levitt was able to, to, to drop Wyman with a slam, uh, um, Wyman's head just bounced off the floor and Wyman went, went na-na. 22 seconds in, Jordan Levitt has knocked out Matt Wyman and picked up an amazing first ever victory in the UFC. Yeah, what what more can you say on that? He, he, this is literally how it happened. He he didn't take a punch and he he slammed the guy on his head. Mm. Uh, going in from the what Dominic Cruz was saying about how it's illegal shots to the back of the head, and uh, I don't know what he were looking at. No, it was it was comparing the if if uh, one would have been hit with a punch there, it would have been it would have been disqualification. But with the slam, it's perfectly legal. That's yeah, but then the slam's at the side of the head. Like we both saw it, the sound he got slammed on yep. the side of the head, so it wasn't exactly behind the ear or the back of the head. So it was, it was on the side. The way I looked at it, it was on the side. Uh, but yeah, what more can you say about from he, he, he slammed his opponent and he's gone eight and all. It was just. I mean, usually when we're watching. Uh, the, the farts one of us will maybe miss the first few minutes and that was a case of me screaming and Carl's literally running into, yeah. into the room and like going what have I missed what have I missed and he missed a, a 22 second knockout uh, luckily we were able to like see the replay in full yeah. <laughs> so many times before the next fart it, it just reminded me a lot of uh, a rampage slams mm. But just the, it was the arm positioning for me, though. He, he, it, that a lot of the time you'll see a slam, and it's a case of um, just going for broken and not really having technique behind it. That was done purposely. He he, yeah, he that, did that with with effect and no, knowing to put his arms there, uh, knowing that he's keeping uh, Wyman's head and making sure it hits that canvas rather than Wyman being able to like kind of cushion the blow was. Perfectly done by uh, um, by Jordan Levitt, and congratulations to him. Yeah, definitely congratulations to him. The the, the fact that we were able to be quick thinking in that situation, whereas when Matt's trying to pull guard, like you were saying, he's he's able to to put his arms in the right direction for him to, to slam that on the ground. So yeah, that's a big congratulations and a big statement for your UFC debut. Yeah. Um, so let's go on then into uh, the next fight uh, in the light heavyweight division. We had John Allen taking on Roman Deleidza, and this was a, a very dominant fight for for Deleidza. He was, uh, was so good on the on the feet with his with his shots. He was very very quick with his punches, uh, but then when he went to ground, he, he was. It was so aggressive with uh, with attempting the the heel hook and the, the leg lock, the figure four, but the Boston crab. <laughs> this guy thought he was playing a wrestling game. Um, Alan just didn't seem to have a lot uh, to answer uh, for him. Even when uh, Alan was able to land shots, uh, Deliza was smiling and laughing him off and. Um, when he had um, Alan on the floor, and Alan was was dropping those uh, those heels into into the the quads of uh, Deleuze, it just didn't seem to be affecting him at all. I was surprised that 
uh, Deleuze wasn't able to actually get the finish and Alan was was able to, to take it to the judges. What was even more surprising was one of the judges gave it three rounds to, to Alan, which um, it, they made a, a, a massive issue of, about it on, on the, the commentary of, of how this, is, uh, this has been able to happen. Uh, Chris Lee, I think it was, the, the judge uh, that gave the fight to, to Alan. And I, 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 I tend to agree with Dominic Cruz saying that these judges do need to like kind of justify how they, they did that because objectively, with having no like kind of real dog in this fight, I give Roman Deleuze three, all three rounds. I felt that he, he was so, so dominant. He was able to take the fight down when he wanted. Uh, anytime he was uh, taken down himself, he was able to, to scramble and, and reverse position and get back uh, into into uh, top control and, and into guard. It was just, it just a very, very dominant fight for uh, Roman Deleuze. And uh, John Allen has seems to have a lot of work to do uh, that's his uh, UFC debut and his first UFC loss and uh, Roman Deleuze picks up his second uh, win and still is unbeaten in his career so good on him uh, but we do need to kind of like look at this judging situation and, and see see why these people are, are allowed to judge because they don't seem to be watching the fight yeah most definitely the judges need looking at but it was clear Roman won the fight I give John the the first round, and then I give Roman the the second and third. Um, just off the, the the first round, John being able to give his own shots off in the first, and then being able to defend on the ground. And obviously, as the fight went on into the second and third, you trying to defend submission after submission when someone's um, when someone's. Uh, trying to submit you, it it tires you, it takes takes gas out of you. So obviously Johnny just he he slowed down a little bit, but uh, and Rome were able to pick up uh, pick up the bits of the pieces where he couldn't do in the first round. Uh, in the second round, when he was getting onto the ground, he was actually doing a lot more um, ground and pound, which is the punches. And obviously, whereas Dominic Cruz and uh, Paul Felder was saying the judges need to start looking at this, thinking, looking at it as just because you're punching them uh, on the feet doesn't mean that it's not effective when you're punching them on the ground. Uh, and the I do agree with them. Like a lot of the boxing judges who have transitioned over to mixed martial arts don't have a clue about the grappling side of it. And the, the, I think the only time it makes it easier for them is if someone's like Khabib and if they're taking their opponent down and just beating the face from start to finish and. Mm-hmm. That's not always the case. You've you've got fighters. This is mixed martial arts. The the word mixed in there is is in there for a reason. So it's yeah, I do agree with it. It's, it's a it's a bullshit. It's a bullshit call for what he did. Now uh, we all know if if you even if you knew how to even slightly look at a fight to judge it, you you knew that John lost that fight. You knew that he didn't win. John knew that he lost that fight. You you seen it on his face when when it called it out. Uh, we're at twenty eight, twenty seven. Yeah. It was like he, he he looked at it like what the fuck? Are, how's that possible? And I think even me and you looked at each other like what the fucking fuck were you watching? And it's uh, obviously Paul Felder was shocked when John Anik said told him like surprise surprise it was the same judge you give it you when yeah. when you clearly didn't win and and he he, um, he was fully admitted it he was saying yeah uh, I don't believe how I won that fight yeah even so it's. 
What's his name, the judge? So we can Chris Lee. Chris Lee, that's that's his name, the the shit judge. Uh, it, it is. It, just because he, he he shouldn't be able to, like I said to Kira, they get paid a decent whack for for judging these farts, and there is so many different people out there, especially ex farters, where the biggest argument comes into place of ex farters should be judges. Fair enough, and. That's, I totally agree with that, they should. Especially when you have calls like this. And it's it's just stupid. It's like exactly how Paul and Dom said. They'll watch the fight when it's stood up, but when it comes to grappling, they'll just start looking away, they'll just start doing something else. It's like your job's to watch the fight, yeah. not just watch it when you want to and, start and, and, and score it when you want to. Watch the full fight, and if you don't know what you're doing, don't... Don't take that job to, to be a judge. And and that's why I, I always kind of support the call for ex fighters to to be judges because they know what they're looking for. They know uh, how to score an MMA fight, whereas a lot of these judges are still like living in the, the ages of a boxing call mm. and they don't understand the kind of like intricacies of MMA. Uh, and for a layman, it, it may look like one person is not doing much, but the the work he's putting in, the control and the way he's uh, he's dominating his opponent, it just seems to be overlooked by a lot of these uh, a lot of these judges when they they don't know what they what they're meant to be looking for. Yeah, definitely. So obviously, when you've got when you're a judge and you're looking at stuff like that, you've got to take it into account. Look at Tony Ferguson when he's on his bike, he fights a hell of a lot off his bike, throwing. Upward elbows and throwing hammer fists and jabbing your teeth when when he's on his back. But the judge looks at it then and goes, right, who's winning? The guy who's got who you could look at going, he's in top control and got fully control in that situation, or the guy who's actually punching the guy's face in from yeah. the bottom. Who's in That's where these judges sort of like, oh, I ain't got a clue here because I'm usually I'm usually judging boxing here mm-hmm. or, or or a different sport. So it's like. That's where the other fighters, if we, if you were to use ex-fighters as judges, they'll be able to see that. They'll be able to know. Hang on a minute. Yeah, he might be on. He might be at top position and top control, but he's just lying there. He's doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. The guy on the bottom is actually winning this round because he's actually trying more. He's, he's working to get to his feet, or he's working for a sub, mm-hmm. or, he, or he's working uh, to transition. And it's just all the, the ink, like you said, uh, going into the. Uh, the ingri- uh, intricacies, uh, in- <laughs> intricacies uh, of grappling, and that's if you don't know what you're looking at. It some people it can be like, "What the fuck's winning here? What what's going on?" Uh, thought I best not score this. Then I'll wait till they stand up, and it just it just pisses you off, especially when you've got because that could have the, the other judge could have easily done the exact same, and that could have gone out of Roman's hands, which wouldn't have been fair. No, no. So it does need looking at, and it doesn't. Some does need changing. Definitely. Um, so let's get into the the, the middle part of this card. Uh, another first round knockout. Uh, Gabriel Benitez versus Justin James. Um, it was a, a, a fairly even fight at the at the beginning uh, with uh, Justin James and uh, Benitez landing uh, big shots, landing um, leg kicks. Uh, but as the fight went on. Uh, you could see that Benitez had more power than uh, than uh, James, and James seemed to be more uh, wild with his with his throws. Like there was no uh, real aim at accuracy; it was just like swing for the fences kind of stuff. Um, but 
Benitez was able to pick him off with those uh, leg kicks and kind of really stunt his uh, his pressing. Uh, there was a point where uh, James uh, airport uh, Benitez, and you could see a really black uh, well coming up under underneath uh, uh, Benitez's left arm. But after after that, he didn't really give uh, James much option to capitalise on it because uh, he uh, landed a low kick. James went in to kind of like bum rush uh, and a knee to the body, went down, collapsed. You could just see it was just. Uh, it just it just killed the fight. It absolutely killed the fight. From the angle that we saw, uh, it looked like it, it it cleaned him out by by a knee to the head. But the 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 replay and the the angle changes showed that it was clear in the in the in the lungs. Um, James was just out for the count because of that. Uh, Benitez landed a couple of shots which didn't really need to happen and picked up the the first round knockout. Yeah. What. Well- like you said, this fight was definitely the only match coming into it. They were both swinging and mm-hmm. both looking for the finish, whichever way they could possibly get it. Uh, and which, obviously, this was only the first round, and which surprised me. Uh, Gabriel actually threw over 100 shots. This is the first round, so just imagine if this went on and it could have broke a record. But in the first round... and. He didn't land that many shots. He only landed like thirty odd of the hundred. He actually he actually threw, but he was able to get the job done. And to time the knee, it was now whether he whether he practiced that or or wasn't anticipating for that. I'll I'll never know. But the fact that he were able to just place the knee perfectly as uh, as Justin were coming in, it was. Just, in the proper sweet spot, and once you get it in there, that's that's it. You done. Yeah. He like like Justin did. He his body basically just went stiff, and he fell down. It was like getting knocked out. Yeah. And if that's exactly, it just takes your wind. You, <gasps> you you can't breathe. It feels like someone's like just kicked your chest and stood there. So it's like, <laughs> it's like how do you breathe? I forgot. Is it two in, one out? Is it three out, one in? Um, I just, I, as soon as he did that, I just, I just felt for, felt for Justin's ribs more than all. Cause I'm like, I've been, I've been in that pain one or two times before, and it's, it's not a, it's not a good feeling. But it weren't the worst one on the card. Let's just put it that way. The, his, the, the obviously the, the, the slam was worse than obviously on the prelims. A guy literally died on the prelims. To be fair, I wouldn't want any of them. No, not not a chance. But yeah, uh, coming into this fight, uh, Gabriel had a could have been a game plan, or it could have just been fuck it, let's go in for the kill. But either way, I was gonna say it was a game plan because he did seem to me like he wanted to set that knee up. But to me, he were he were lifting that leg up a couple of times, and he didn't do much with it. So to me, that that tells me he were either trying to set. Something coming apart, or trying to set that knee up, and he didn't really throw many, many head kicks, uh, and he was trying to set the knee up. So, yeah, I'm gonna give it to him. I'm gonna say that was his game plan, and he, would, he, he, he was gonna, he was trying to finish with with the knees. Um, so well done to fucking Gabriel, yeah, making moves on that lightweight. Great victory for him. Um, going into the light heavyweight division, um, 
with our co-main rep Jamal Hill and Ovin St. Pierre. Now uh, this uh, going into this fight, Ovin's was the it was the first time in his 40 fight career that he's ever missed weight. Um, and looking at the fight afterwards, I feel that he just wasn't motivated for this fight at all. Mm. Uh, we all know that uh, Ovin St. Pierre is not the most um, explosive fighter. He doesn't uh, come across as someone who, who like expends a lot of energy. He's very kind of a uh, meticulous and very uh, measured with his shots. But this was uh, this was a fighter that didn't look like he wanted to be in the octagon. Uh, we started the first round. Um, it was a little bit nervous from from both. Uh, trying to kind of gauge the range, kind of a uh, work out uh, what what shots they were they were able to to use. I think that Hill had a, a really good first round. Was able to to pick off more way more shots than Saint Pierre. And, uh, I loved his, his uh, no look body shots. The way he was really digging in at, at Saint Pierre, and and Ovin's just didn't seem to have a lot of a uh, lot to answer. But he also didn't look like he was particularly worried about it. Um, he when he did throw stuff. I mean, take, take for example his leg kicks. He threw one pretty weak leg kick for in terms of um, uh, an OSP shot and it nearly sw sweeped uh, Hill totally off his feet uh, in the in the in the the, the later um, minutes of the round he was able to pull a clinch and was able to do a little bit of a control up against the cage uh, but any time that Hill was uh, was free and able to he was he was landing way more shots and and he quickly uh, was able to to build up like a um, a points lead in that round. Going into the second, we saw a lot more of the same. Um, Saint Peru taking his, his very calm, measured, almost like um, like he didn't care approach to it. Um, Hill lands one shot that was so hard that he knocked his own mouthpiece out, um, and then he, he just kind of like he had, whether he sensed that. Um, OSP wasn't able to hurt him or or something like that, but he was able to just start turning up, turning up the 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 output and was able to uh, land shots with knowing that he wasn't going to uh, take any shots back or any any damage, and then he uh, he landed a few big punches and you could see how uh, it it uh, cleaned Ovinson's clock and you could see he had to kind of like shake out uh, the the cobwebs, but Hill kept that pressure up and was just able to land so many big shots and he didn't technically knock uh sent prue out but he landed so many accurate shots in such a quick succession that that uh Owens just had no answer at all and um it was kind of like saved by jason herzog when uh, jason came in and, and saw that uh sent prue was 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 not all there and Jamal Hill picks up a, a really big victory and St. Prue are we saying he needs to finish? Are we saying that that might be the um, the, the calling card for, for Orvins because he just didn't look like he wanted to be there? See, it, I'd say give him one more fight. Like, then it, uh, his record, I think his last I think like last Three and five, three wins, five losses, and it's in like the last couple of years. You've also got to remember, um, though, this is a guy who, who I mean, we were speaking about it in the in the fight. He he took Bones to decision, and since then, he's 
really struggled to find his place. I mean, he's, he's had dalliances in, in heavyweight, got absolutely destroyed there, come back to light heavyweight, and he's struggling to, to get back to championship form. Uh, it, it's a hard one because I like Orban Sepria. I just, I just don't think he's got the passion for it anymore. Mm, yeah, he's a good guy. It's, it's not like uh, it's not like the he's one of these Corby Covingtons that people can't stand. Uh, but it's like I said to you, I just think he came in at the I think he came in at the wrong time. He came in when the Bones era was still about, and that that's happened to many fighters in the in the light heavyweight division. Bones was at the top. Everyone's always fighting for that place. Number one's always beating number two. Number two's always beating number three. But no one's beating the champion. Uh, and it's it's basically just a back and forth. And it was up until DC started getting in the picture and and mixing stuff up. And enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. That, obviously, like you were saying, when he got... It took uh, it took Jones to decision. You would have thought that would have been a massive confidence booster, and that oh, I've just took people who, who said that he couldn't be beat. I've just took him to decision. Like so, it, it, I ain't got a clue what went wrong after that. Bar from he just he did lose his he, he did lose his confidence, and I just don't think he's been able to regain that and in this fight you could it was weirdly like he didn't have any confidence in the first place and as the fight went on he just lost more and more confidence and Jamal he somewhat looked the same he, he looked like he you can somewhat as a fight you can tell when someone's putting a face on he was shitting himself he that you could tell he was nervous and I don't blame him at the end of the day over tape proof he's got power in his hands if he hits you he's going to hurt you and Jamal knew that, so I think he was just more of game face, game face, game face. Shit, is it, man? Hang on a minute, that weren't too bad. And that's when his confidence started building because it's like, I'm going to. Because he started hitting him more, started like, getting a bit more loose with his shots, getting a bit more. Um, throwing a bit more shots. Uh, he, re- 
just it would help to just get more loose in the game, get more confident, um, rather than just staying like tight, tight. He, uh, he would help to get more of his own offense off and uh, push Saint Pru into into the fence and push him about the octagon, um, showing Saint Pru that oh, I'm not I'm not scared. You've hit me and it's it's not phased me, so I'm just gonna. I'm just going to go to work on you, and it's as simple as that. And Jamal knew that he weren't going to knock him out with one shot. He he doesn't seem that type of guy who's got the got the power for that. He's got the he's got the sort of bone sort of power where it's not one punch. It's it's over a bit of time where he's he's kicking fuck out your body and then and then kicking a couple to the chin, then destroying your legs and then back to the body. And it's You've got to chop you down piece by piece to, to get you, but eventually he will get you there if you don't stop him. And mm-hmm. um, This is the guy who said that he he went from playing what basketball or wanted to play college basketball to having a kid work to factories to then watching Anderson Silva on the TV to then going, I want to do that. Now he's fighting in the UFC and he's now in the top 15. Yeah. He's took over in St. Peru's ranking. 7-0. Uh, He's couple of couple of fights into the UFC. He's UFC contract. Nine and all now. Nine and all three three. Nine and all in the UFC. Three and all in the UFC. That's that's a good record, especially against some of the people he's got already beat in the UFC. Oh, a lot. But the hard work starts here now. Definitely, the, the hard work definitely does start here, especially when you get the the top fifteen to top seven. Obviously, that's where you're going to be doing a lot of the a lot of the work, uh, a lot of the, obviously climbing up and then above that, that's where he's got to really turn his A game on. When you're in that, in the UFC, in the biggest organisation, once you're in that pool of killers, you, you've got to be one of them killers because if not, they will kill you. Yeah. It's, as, uh, it's as simple as that and Jamal's still got, he's still got a lot of work to do, like his head his head's still in the same place. He's he's no, his head movement's not all there. He, he'll put his head to the side a little bit, but then bring it back, and then he'll put it to the side a little bit, and then he'll bring it back. And I was surprised that Owen St. Peru or his corner didn't didn't see that as as he were doing it. Now, obviously, in the heat of the moment, the coaches, the fighters, there, you're not going to see everything. It sounds easy for me to say it now and I can understand that. I've just been watching it on telly so it's a little bit different. You can see the different angles. You can't sometimes you can't pick stuff up when you're there in the moment, so the you can't really blame him too much. But yeah, maybe that's a a thing Jamal works on going on in the future. But to say he's nine and all moving on, that's that's incredible. Especially and how old is he? He's only thirty he's he's twenty odd, thirty odd. Mid late twenties, I think. Late twenties, so he's he, he's got plenty of time to still evolve. What I wouldn't like him to see is just because he's beat Obi Saint Peru now and he's one of these Dana White's contender series guys, and it's I wouldn't like him to try and jump too far ahead and think I'm up here when really I'm still down here just because of all the harp and stuff like that. I'm mm-hmm. Getting grounded. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting sort of sick of fighters doing that sort of stuff it's like you've, especially the young fighters older fighters fair enough you know you won't got a lot of time left put all your eggs in one basket and go for it but when they're the young fighter and, and you do that 
you're going to end up the next Paige Van Zandt, the next Sage Northcutt, <laughs> the, the next young people who goes, oh yeah, I'm the next dog bollocks because I've been told this, or this such and this person, and now, you know, I'm not even in the UFC anymore, I'm, I'm fighting in Asia. Yeah. So it's, it, I'd, I'd like him to see him just chill out and, I wouldn't say pick his farts, because obviously a lot of people don't really like that saying, but choose his farts wisely. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. Um, right, let's get into this uh, this main event, and wow, what a doozy it, it was. Uh, Jack Hermanson uh, coming in at rank 4, 6, 11, no matter <laughs> what, what number UFC plucks out of their arse. Uh, Marv Vittori from, from the prelims, uh, up to the 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 fight it started, I think he gained about three round, uh, three uh, spots in the rankings. Um, but yeah, this uh, this was a, a great fight to watch. Uh, Marvin Vittori, had a late replacement for uh, Kevin Holland, who was a late replacement for I don't even know who the original fight were, but this was a uh, essentially Jack Hermanson's third opponent for this for this event. Uh, but he actually came into the fight um, as favourite did, did Vittori, which was very, very interesting. And do you know what? He absolutely proved it because he, he ground out a, a very comprehensive victory. Uh, the first the first two rounds uh, pretty were when uh, very, very similar. Um, Vittori was, was heavy hitting with that, with that left hand, even though Carlos noticed before the fight that he... he uh, in the in in the the, the corner to, to get for getting prepared to get into the octagon, he was uh, favouring his left arm, really that kind of rubbing it. Uh, so it's interesting to see how many shots he actually threw with that left hand, and was still kind of like uh, you could catch him every every so often in the fight, um, like really favouring it and, and and kind of rubbing it. You could tell that it was giving him some grief. Uh, but th- needless to say, he, he hit Hermanson with that left hand so many times, it's, it's unreal. And then um, there was a, a point in, in, in the first round where he dropped Hermanson. It was uh, able to, uh, Vittori was able to, to control the, pretty much the rest of the round on the floor. Uh, attempted a guillotine a few times, but kind of give it up because he didn't want to uh, lose position. Was able to land uh, shots to the ribs, especially when Dominic Cruz was saying, "Yeah, he's not eating any shots here." Just after he'd uh, been punching the ribs about thirty-five times. Um, going into into the second round, a lot of the same Hermanson uh, came out with a massive rat, and you could see that he he was looking, uh, he was looking to to be more wild with his shots. Uh, but uh, Vittori was just able to pick him off with with that left. Uh, that was that was the key factor for me was the the amount of significant strikes that Vittori was able to pick off the the efficiency. I think uh, at the end of the fight, it said he, he landed forty one percent of his shots, and this is a fight where the, between the guys they threw eight hundred shots and landed over three hundred significant strikes. So this was a brutal, like proper battle of a fight. Well, they've literally these two, obviously Jack uh, and Mervyn. They've literally just before I came in, uh, John Anik was saying these two in this fight have brought the record. Uh, it's like I am not surprised. Nine significant strikes more than what Robert Whitaker and Yaramero, Gaslam, or whoever it were who had the record. Mm-hmm. These have got the record now. I think it was Gaslam and Adesanya. Well, Gast- it might have been Gaslam and Whitaker actually. Uh, but yeah, uh, it was just a, a, 
a brutal fight and in, after the second round uh, which went pretty much the same way as the first round where Vittoria was able to, to take uh, Hermanson to the ground and, and control the fight um, we saw a different Hermanson come out in that third round and uh, whether that was uh, Vittori tiring uh, well we know that we know now what the, the problem was but watching at the time we you, we, you could have thought, oh, this was Vittori kind of gassing out and Hermansen was going to uh, use his kind of knowledge of five-round fights to, to take this victory. But what we actually learned was that it was Vittori taking a breather, knowing that it was going to go into those five rounds and, and wanting to conserve energy uh, for the, 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 the deep water rounds. And it was such a well-worked game plan because even though he can't, it was almost like a chess move, he knew he had to sacrifice there, um, but he was able to, to not take a lot of damage, uh, lost the round, but then was able to, to regain that, that composure and that energy for, for round four and five, where he just turned the dial up, was able to uh, slip uh, Hermanson's shots, was able to land that, that left again, uh, was uh, landing kicks, and you could see how he was tearing Hermanson's face up. and. Fair play to Hermanson. This guy is a warrior. He's absolutely worried. He, you don't get into the position that he's got into in the UFC without having skill and heart and and power. But this was a Vittori who wanted to make a statement and move up in the division. I, I believe that he, he has done. Um, and he ended up, for me, taking the fight very handily on, on the cards, winning four rounds to one. Um, Going to the last round, though, he, he very, very nearly gave it up uh, with about a minute or uh, so left. Uh, we saw a bit of um, uh, groundwork on the floor and then Hermanta was able to, to slide a heel hook with about 10 seconds to go on. And if he could have uh, been able to lock that in, that would have been one of the comebacks of, of, the, of the UFC calendar for me. Uh, but Vittori was able to get out of it, ended the fight on top wins a bad uh, decision all three judges giving it in uh, giving in four rounds to one um, great victory for him definitely a great victory for him and you don't blame the judges giving it to giving it that score perfect luckily score Chris Lee wasn't, wasn't one of the judges <laughs> luckily enough Jesus Christ sack him um, going on to Jack Jack he somewhat made me look a bit like an idiot guy I've been saying on Twitter that I do favour him over um, over Mervyn but either one you win some you lose some uh, seeing him now after watching the fight I do believe that he came in overconfident I do believe that a multiple things he came in overconfident he was fed up and he just couldn't give a shit and I don't, I don't mean that as in like he couldn't give a shit about the sport. I just mean it like you, you, you step in that man's shoes for a minute. You've been scheduled to fight three times. Your opponent's changed. You, you're thinking you're going from fighting a grappler to a striker to a strap grappler. It's like you, you've literally trained for so many people in that lot. You, at this point, you just think, fuck's sake, just hurry up with the fight. I want to do it and get it out of the way. Mm-hmm. On to my next one. And I think that's what possibly could have come on. And then obviously... Marvin, uh, Marvin stepping up and him being ranked 14th at the time, which in UFC means nothing. Uh, that <laughs> in Jack 12 when you actually got in the octagon. That's mad, isn't it? Ranked 14 yesterday, ranked 12 today. It's like who's he beat the last two days? 
who's lost to the fourth round? So he was just fucking mental, but then obviously Jack, you've got him who's in the top five, so maybe his ego could have shot up like exactly like how Luke Rockhold did against Bispin, where it was like oh, I'm champion, I'm gonna beat him easily, I'm gonna walk through him. And then he got knocked out. It could be the same with Jack here, it's like oh, I'm in top five. I've I've fought some at best, I've beat some at best. This he was just kid. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna, he's going to come here, I'm going to take him down, I'm going to choke him out. And that very much wasn't the case, as as Mervyn was was willing to show. And, and in this case, he had more to lose than um, Jack did, obviously, because in this in this shot, he's got a shot to get into the top five. Now, if he were to, if he were to lose by Jack, then yeah, he probably gets a shot, another shot at the, in the top ten somewhere down the line. But then that's... Then again, you've got to ask yourself, hang on a minute, if I lose to this guy, I'm going to go back a step to have another fight. So if I'd actually put everything all in and win this, I could only, I might have to have one more fight, but then at the end of that, that might actually be for a title. So you've got to think of who actually had more to lose. Uh, Jack's already in the top five, he knows he's he's going to get a title shot down the line at some point. Mervyn's one of them, he's, he needs to climb up the ladder and, and get himself there and he did it the only way he knew how and he surprised me with how confident he was on the ground now I'm, I know he's got good abilities his skill set he's, he's got on the ground he's got submissions underneath his belt already but I thought Jack's game was a lot better than his and man was I wrong Merwin was just better than him everywhere and he, after the the first round when Merwin knocked him down he, it would to me, to me, but like Jack, just wasn't there. He just couldn't, he just couldn't fucking get all of his like um, bearings together. Um, and so throughout the fight, as we were getting cracked and cracked and cracked, it was just more autopilot taking over of what do I do now? Right, Jack, do this. Jack, do that. And it's even I think even Marvin knew. Then obviously in the third round, it was more like right, fuck me, this guy can take more punishment than what I thought take a breath because we're going into championship rounds and and I'm knackered and it, for a guy who's who's young but he's had 20 odd fights so he's, he's well experienced and all so he he knew in that in that third round that he needed to slow his pace down a bit just take a breather he knew that there were another 10 minutes potential 10 minutes left of the fight um, slow your pace down and you've potentially got the win in the bag and he did to be honest from round three that that fight was his all the way and Jack didn't offer any sort of threat on the feet on the ground TKO in KO in submission there were absolutely no threat bar from the fifth round in the last ten seconds which mm-hmm. is nothing is absolutely nothing and it was just a perfect perfect win for him you couldn't this is literally just one of them stories where you're, you're happy you've got it right rather than going, oh, I stepped up on short notice and ah, fuck it, I lost. It's like, you stepped up on short notice, beat a piss out of a guy for the best part of five rounds and you're on the road to a title shot. And I mean, this, this is a guy who, I mean, he stepped up um, and took the fight on short notice, but he was also training for a fight. He was, uh, was taking on, I think it was... Uh, Jackery next week, um, so yeah, he said uh, he was just happy that it's one less week of uh, 
of torment in terms of that uh, weight cutting and, and, and food intake. So uh, for him, I don't think he saw it as a step up. I think he's just saw it as a, uh, he gets this done and then he can enjoy his Christmas. Good. It could definitely be that, but either way, this this wins put him in that in that title picture. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. And and not only that, he's fought Adesanya before. Uh, I'm pretty sure they went to decision. I'm pretty sure yeah. if I can remember, people were saying it were a relatively close fight. Yeah. So he already sells it right there. Who's a better fighter? Was it, was it because the judges give it Adesanya? Because we know from this from this card tonight that not all the judges are the best judges so who's a better fighter now they've both had a couple more fights more time to train more time to evolve I'd love to see that fight yeah um, so let's have a quick look at next week uh, the last numbered pay-per-view of the year uh, and Davidson Figueredo gonna break the record for the quickest turnaround of a, of, a, of a champion I think he's breaking uh, Matt Hughes' record when he took on uh, BJ Penn and, and GSP um, 21 days since the guy last fought and he's taking on Brandon Moreno who also fought 21 days ago when he uh, brutally KO'd uh, Brandon Royal uh, but this card is stacked we've got just on the, the 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 main card alone, Junior Dos Santos versus Cyril Gagne, uh, Jacare taking on Kevin Holland, Renato Moicano versus Rafael Fiziev, the co-main event Tony Ferguson versus Charles Oliveira, and obviously that that main event of Figueredo That's versus Brandon Moreno. It's just brutal. What a brutal card! This is going to be a real way to. To, to see out the year but then even after that we've still got another event a couple of days before Christmas so UFC have, have really been spoilers in this uh, in this Covid era I mean I know I give them a lot of grief at the beginning of it but they, they've, they've come out farting with, in terms of content uh, saying that in the post uh press conference Dana has uh, was speaking about the recent uh, cut of Yo Romero and um, he's saying that the UFC are going to be doing some serious cuts uh, at the end of this year uh, and it's looking likely that he's going to be cutting about 50 to 60 fighters so oh, uh, it's going to be a massive call I wonder if uh, who's going to be signed to replace him because the fucker puts a fence on each week he needs yeah, this, is, this is the old point of the Dana White contender series get uh, young hungry fighters in on 10 uh, 10 short 10 win contracts rather than uh, fighters who who are on hundreds of thousands per per contractor and haven't got the the best of records. So I can understand that, but Jesus Christ, not all of your contender series are going to be fucking top dog. It'll be yeah. interesting to see for me though if uh, if Dana and the UFC gets the same amount of grief that that uh, Vince McMahon and the WWE got when when they did a a lot of culling because. WWE got got a lot of shit for it, um, so yeah, we'll see that anyway. Uh, tune back in next week for the 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 fallout from uh, UFC 256. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DJ Kirby. Follow Carlos here at Kirby underscore Carlos is still still lagging way way behind and getting a lot of grief. I need some followers. You need some followers. Uh, keep your ears out in early 2020 for. For more news on Carlos's super secret uh, five rounds project, which is coming up, uh, we're both really, really excited for that. Um, 
follow the, the networks at Visionaries Global Media, at Shooting the Sports Edition, obviously at the Chair Shop Media Group. Uh, thank you all for listening. That is the end. Adios, amigos. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.